listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about Enneagram 5s. We have really built this episode up for some fun reasons, because not only do you guys seem to really love your fives on our Enneagram and Marriage Instagram page, but I really love the number five besides that. It's always been my favorite number, and a fun contest we're going to do is also about something with fives, and that is that we are hitting our 50,000 unique downloads this season. I think it's going to be this week or next, but I don't want to put myself ahead of the actual number. So we're going to do a summer of love final podcast contest as we close out our summer, as we listen to our fives episodes, as we celebrate 50,000. And like I said, I love the number five. So it's a really simple contest. And what you guys are going to do is go to our Instagram page, Enneagram and Marriage. And when you see the post about the contest, I want you to tag five people you're in. And this time I'm also going to pick guess how many winners? So (laughs) keeping it simple, hope it's a fun contest for us. Hope we get to spread the word about the podcast. I love the community efforts. I have lots of your questions and answers here about fives. Thank you so much for your research. I think this is going to be a great episode as we dig in. So just make sure to head on over to Instagram and enter the contest. What you guys are going to win is you are going to get you said it. (laughs) This is the last silly thing. Five books. I have five books. So if you're a reader and I know a lot of fives are, doesn't, you don't have to be a five to enter, but you are going to get a copy of my overflowing life workbook, which I have for individual life coaching. You're going to get my three marriage books, my release book and my relate book, which are my R&R marriage package. And you're also going to get just your type, how to thrive in relationships using personality types and more, as well as your choice of one of my Bible studies on Deborah or Esther. And we're going to be talking about those soon because we are going to be talking about your marriage mentors soon. And I want to talk about some architecture types for all of us. And that's going to be a fun episode soon. So stay tuned for that fun. But don't forget, if you want to win your five books, if you want to gain all that knowledge, if you want to support this podcast by spreading the word about it, just share it with five people and come on over to our Instagram and continue to participate in the awesome research we're doing there. So I really am happy to jump into fives today. Like I said, you guys love this topic and fives have been so vulnerable with us, which I think is endearing to us all, knowing that often fives, you guys are very private people. And when we're all in our five space, it's when we want to be isolated, when we want to be withdrawn, and when we don't necessarily feel like giving out all the feels and all of our private information. So I think we hold it in special honor that we do have tons of information collected to share together. So briefly, the Enneagram 5 is often called the investigator. Sometimes I really think that's a great name for fives. Sometimes I like how it's been called the iconoclast because I know that there are very different representations of the subtypes and we're going to go into wing and subtype a little bit. We're going to go into fives with every other type, but first let's just talk about the Enneagram five in health and in stress and what they're like. So the Enneagram five loves to seek deep knowledge and often is said to have the passion of avarice, not necessarily because they're greedy, Sometimes that's misinterpreted and it's less about greed and more about just making sure that they have enough resources because often they've grown up in a home where they were either underwhelmed with support or overwhelmed. So 
the amount of safety they felt wasn't in balance. And as adults, one of their coping styles is to make sure that they don't overexhaust you as their partner or friend, especially that they're not overexhausted because they don't want to feel that way and without the power of the knowledge of what they need to do to survive. Because as we know, they're in the fear triad with sixes and sevens, they really need that safety and they don't want to be fearful. So they don't share it every minute about their fear, but how they combat their fear is they know they have, and they're one of the more tired types on the Enneagram, they have a very limited amount of resources and energy for each day. And it's usually that they find a routine and feel like in that routine, they're safe because they know how much is going to be expected of them and they like that same dose every day and they don't want you to throw plans at them out of nowhere and expect them to adjust because they don't want to be overwhelmed by not having enough and it could be not having enough in terms of information or money or time or energy. So it's that not enoughness that creates our fives and they're also very resourced in terms of their knowledge and sometimes what's neat is even though they don't want to give a lot of feelings, they do like to share a lot of knowledge. And I know I'm thinking of different five friends I've had over the years who are literally trivia gurus and can just knock out any trivia group at Applebee's or just if you're playing Trivial Pursuit. And I know a lot of fives who are just absolutely awesome classic readers. A lot of fives compartmentalize relationships as a way to keep things organized and not as invasive to have as many overwhelming contacts. So they may have a group they play chess with, a group they plan hikes with, a group they talk about Star Wars with, you name it, whatever your hobbies are. D&D might be a classic thought about fives to be in that group. I know I've had some five clients with that interest. So it really is uh sad when we just stereotype our fives and think they all love reading because I've met fives who don't like reading and find that exhausting. I've met fives who love to watch YouTube videos all day to get the knowledge. And I love to really remember a lot of fives love to have their video game time. So it just depends on the person. It depends on the person who is a five and it depends on the way they represent themselves in their subtypes. So I really want to make sure that you guys understand that it isn't that fives don't have emotions. I know a lot of them don't think they do, but what's really important for a five to understand is that they do have emotional access. It's just been buried a lot of the time very deeply. So a great practice for a five is to ask themselves every day, what am I feeling? Not what I'm thinking, because that's their typical go-to. Not what is my instinct, because they also go there. But to say, what am I feeling? Because they are relationalists as well. And they are people who care very deeply. So putting themselves out there, they think will make them when we're all in our five space, I should say, we think relationships will exhaust me and overwhelm me. And I'm, I don't give enough for relationships. So I don't deserve them. And I don't want to be expected to give so I won't receive anything. And it's very lonely. And they, they need to remember that instead of feeling that relationships will completely drain them, that sometimes relationships deliver energy that you don't expect. That symbiotic relationship brings something to the table that wasn't there. And that is one of the most beautiful things about marriage and faith is that sometimes you think you'll be completely depleted by service, but it isn't always true. And I was recently listening to the Michelle Obama podcast episode one and just thinking about her and Obama's marriage and 
And I loved how whatever your political beliefs, their marriage was a testimony to their connection with each other and their their vision was in line with each other in terms of they both said that serving others will be such a great blessing that will repay you and that a life lived in service to others is the best way to live. So that's a great way for fives to really learn. And then if you have a faith life, it's even richer because that's just two people. And of course, everything's politically charged right now. So to go back to God, when he says, The Bible says that God grants sleep and rest to those he loves. So there's a sense of God being in charge of it all versus you being the one who's in charge of it. And really, you know, if you stop and think about it, Fives, I know you've definitely done this. You do have to realize that God is truly over it all. And even every breath and new energy you get comes from him. So I want you to make absolutely certain that you're aware of that and that you don't forget that so that you do have that faith and courage every day to say, okay, so I don't want to engage with people today, but there is enough for today. And I have the choice of what kind of people I surround myself with. Because you do have to understand that As much as fives have this as a negative coping style, there's a reason for it. And it's probably because people haven't always really respected your boundaries as a five. Or when you go to that five space, you're thinking about that for all of us, because we hope we all relate to these types in some way. So when we're in this space, we need to really remember that you can decide who you're with and when you stop relating. So oftentimes when I'm with a group of Or when I'm with a couple talking about, and this is a very typical issue, the five not wanting to spend as much time with the extended family and at the parties and things like that, the spouses really do well when they say, okay, you know, what I really know about you is that you're here with me, but if you need to go to the bedroom for a while or just into your phone for a while, when you get overwhelmed, I understand that. And I'm willing to leave early, to drive separately, and to respect you when you do run out of steam. And that's so important that you don't steamroll your people, but that you truly love them well. And you truly make sure that they are given everything they need to feel comfortable with you, that you but that they especially know you care, you're, you're doing your work, and that you're not trying to leave them in the lurch. And you're going on some faith, and you're going on that assumption that it's, we think, a healthy assumption that there's been many stories told of people who say, I really stayed in the game and lived longer. I'm thinking of one woman my husband used to do yard work for when we were in Wheaton College grad school. And She was about 95 and she was so strong and he would just say, I cannot believe not only how hard she works me as a 24-year-old young man, but as an older woman herself. And she said, he said, how did you get to this place in your life? And she said, I work like hell. And it was just a funny way for him to connect with somebody who was strong and had endured and pushed through a lot of pain and difficulty as he heard through all their talks and mentoring And it was really an impression was left on both of us because, of course, sometimes you don't want to. Now with him, it just completely resonated as as a one. But for me, it was a gift because it was more like you fives, like, I don't always feel the energy. I feel depleted. Um, People expect when a five is in stress, which you do approach your stress every day, that they go to seven, that they go to this place of 
frenetic energy and they may be even dependent on that because they see you going there and and you need to stop that and set boundaries and get back to your routines and say I have certain amount of energy I need to organize it and make sure I'm routine so that I can stay in the world and stay in the game um but it's a nice reminder that when you do that, when you work hard, when you're smart, that you do get that longer longevity, which you wouldn't always expect because you might think the harder I work, the more I push, the less I'll have. And that just, it is a logical equation, but it isn't an actual reality equation. So remember that. And like I said, fives go to seven in stress. They also go to eight in health. So what's neat about that is a lot of people don't expect their fives to show up big time, but as they balance, boy, do they really bring out a beautiful and fun eight personality. And I've seen that when we've played our mystery dinner games with fives over the years. Um, my husband and I have always really enjoyed how you'll bring a person in and think they're the introvert and everyone's getting their script and sitting around the table. And it's always awkward in the first round when people are gathering up the courage to get you know, silly and fun and start being in character. And the fives usually come out the biggest and the strongest because they've had time to think about it, to process it. They've decided to accept the invitation and they often do accept the invitation. And then what's so funny is they're just the biggest personality at the whole thing. So when you give your five a chance to prepare to think everything through first, to know how they're going to show up, you'll find and be delighted to know they bring great energy. But because they can't stay in eight all the time and they don't want to go to the unhealthy place of seven where they're scattered, you're going to have to respect that your five has a certain amount of energy every day. And when they show up for you in your marriage, just be grateful because it's huge. It's everything. And they're trying to go on faith and not fumes. And they may be going on fumes and faith. So give them permission to go to that eight place sometimes in stress as well. And I've noticed people can, like I've said before on this podcast, people can go to their stress and health points in both stress and health in both directions. So just make sure you're aware of that. And hopefully they'll spend a lot of time in the joy and the fun of seven, as well as the boldness of eight and do great things. But just remember five is their most natural state. And that's where they're most concerned with having enough knowledge and being deprived of being able to have that space that they need to pull back in and to think where they're most comfortable. So give them plenty of that too, and appreciate when they show up for you knowing that that's a huge gift. Now the five with the four wing and the five with the six wing differ somewhat because the five with the six wing ends up being the most technical and perhaps the least connected with their feelings of all the Enneagram types sometimes. And the five with the four wing has that access to feelings a little more naturally. Now we do want to balance things out and making sure that we are trying to say, if I'm a five or when I'm in my five space, I want to access both points. I want to be able to troubleshoot and figure things out and be a good planner so that we have enough resources. And we know that a lot of the people I remember reading recently about the oldest living couple, they said they lived modestly. So we want to carry those five traits and be thoughtful about that with our six wing. We want to be loyal to the smaller tribe because we know a man of too many friends comes to ruin. But we also want to embrace the feelings of the four wing, which lead in healthy ways to just the freedom from being bogged down by the heaviness that not expressing feelings can really be like. And I was thinking about this recently because we're still in our humid season in Florida and some of you are laughing like, when does that ever end? But it does eventually end, usually I hope in January. So we're going to be here a while. 
But we are thinking about this a lot because we have these moments where the rain is held in and it gets so heavy in the sky that you can just feel it wanting to pour down. And this is feelings for a five when they're there, but they're just not coming out and it feels pressurized. It feels like they need to hide in their safe space, in their mind. They need to make sure, however, that they do give some time and space to this place, even if they have to do it alone, which I know they like to do a lot of the time or with their spouse, but really do give license to it. And plus, you can also do the whole, I'm going to give myself five minutes. You can do what the type seven does and sometimes allow a song to elicit it. If you're a female five, hormones will help. I think it's really important to note, though, that fives were one of the least scoring types. In fact, the least scoring type out of the survey I did a few months ago on Enneagram and Marriage, and that fives were pretty much the most popular type in addition to nine with men. So there are a lot of male fives out there. And that's good because like I said, a lot of times people really seem to really, really love their five spouses. Like more than any other type, people are always like, this is the crazy best secret of all that fives are the best. And I think we all have a healthy understanding of and a pride for our types. But I want you to know that's not a bad thing that there's a lot of fives. It's just the women who have decided to love them have really come to that understanding in place that they are not going to get a lavish person most of the time. They're going to get somebody who is moderate and cares deeply for the general welfare of the family and wants to make sure they don't run out of resources. So there's a different way of pursuing that. And these people who are saying it's great have done their work. So do your work if you're married to a five to appreciate these blessings. I also want to say that we're going to go through each type by type. But before we do that, I want to head a little bit into the subtypes of five. The subtypes of five are really different from each other. And the one that's the most traditionally seen as five-like is the self-preservation five. It's the most classic five because they really do like to go within. They like to keep their resources to themselves and they really don't want to be bothered by as many people. They know people will drain them. They maybe haven't always delved out into that place of faith to say people will energize me. So they don't want to be seen with a lot on their plates or too much on their plates. They're called the castle sometimes because they have big walls around them built up. And many of you said, my five is a rock. And when they're strong, they're a really amazing rock I can lean on. But when they're defended, it's a hard fortress to break through. So make sure if you're a self-preservation five that you help your spouse to know what are your access points and that you do get those feelings out because I think you're all going to be missing out if you don't do that. I want to let you know that the social five in contrast is a little bit different in that they really still, of course, want to be seen as knowledgeable But what they're doing about this is they're actively seeking it out in society. They are not just kind of going within, but they're looking for a guru, for people to admire. They're looking for people to share their information with them. And they want to know experts. Sometimes they even present as a social expert and they don't go to feelings very much, but they're really trying to share their knowledge socially and they're trying to learn from knowledge socially. 
So it's a really great subtype because it really helps people to say, okay, you're a five, but I see you adding value and that's courageous and it's really great. And I'm not saying self-preservation five doesn't add value because they're doing great things and being modest and really trying to hold in resources and not ask too much from people. But this is just a different type of five and there's good and bad about both as well as the sexual five, which we'll mention in a minute. But we love how this type of five really wants to be an expert. And sometimes they say they're people collectors, according to Beatrice Chestnut's book. So I really want you to understand that while they can seem like they're seeking only the sublime and trying to find everything out. There's a lot of great things about that. And a lot of our explorers and people who have done great discovering and investigating have been fives and they admire people and they move through the world with courage. I also want to talk about the sexual five because this five often looks a little more like a four, whereas the social five can look a little bit more like a seven. The sexual five though, however, look more like a four in the sense that they really do seek deep emotion with another person, but they want it to be an ideal because they've researched, they know what they're looking for. And so sometimes they may even spend their whole life seeking out this fantasy of the perfect person. And if you're a five, sometimes you might feel like, why is it my spouse, my person? perfect ideal. And then they head back into withdrawal. So you have to make sure you don't do that, that you don't leave your people, that you understand nobody will ever be the perfect ideal. But you guys can always keep working on a relationship. I think that will encourage you to remember every single day, my spouse and I work hard for our relationship and we're getting healthier and healthier. And you can each day do something routine for your relationship. So you do get healthier and there's so many things. So please keep tuning into this podcast if that's you. But I also want you to be aware that you do have to face that at some point that some of you fives may say, I'm married, but I want to keep seeking out in fantasy somebody else, or I want to divorce, or I don't want to get married. And it does require courage for you too, as all of us in the fear triad need courage. I want you to have the courage to find people, to find your person if you're a sexual five, or to just make terms with the person you have and to find the best about them each day. As we talk about with those swan couples that we really do want to look what is beautiful about my spouse already, what is wonderful, and I will have my safe place to retreat when they've overwhelmed me or disappointed me, but I will share my feelings occasionally at least. I want to make sure now we go through each of the different types with the fives and what it looks like in marriage and give you guys some tips. So with the one and five couple, you guys have some great access points. You also balance each other out with five giving one permission to think and one giving five permission and access to more feelings and more doing because they're doing inhibited sometimes as five. So it's a really beautiful pairing and they're often very purposefully advising other couples because they're able to maintain integrity and goodness and they're able to give out lots of knowledge and information and they need to make sure that because they don't each need tons and tons of affirmations themselves often that they really do make time for each other and for not just doing good in the world or seeking good through knowledge but that they spend time just connecting and relaxing with each other and they really do well this is an amazing couple pairing they have a great visionary quality where they can come up with a vision and five when they go to that eight space can encourage one to be 
be brave and ones can make sure that fives are doing like I said. So you guys have a beautiful pairing. Keep doing those things. Try not to be too critical depending on your five subtype. Try to make sure that you understand that your one has good intentions where I have seen this pairing go into problematic places. I've seen it quite a bit in my office is the one will want more than the five feels they can give. So watch for that. Please do. And then the five may try to control the one and worry about them and ones like their independence. So really do watch that and have some accountability if you need it. Fives with twos, I really love the way the sparks fly with this relationship because you guys have such a yin and yang going on. The romance lasts forever. It is so beautiful because the two wants all the big, beautiful feelings. The five loves and has the deep emotional access with their two really being so safe for them. They may not really express it very often, but they do feel safe and they do feel usually like they have almost met their ideal. So it's really an important thing for the two to say, okay, we're already arrived. We don't need to keep proving it to ourselves. I don't need to have them keep giving to me 24 seven. I am capable of learning boundaries for myself and finding rest. And they'll also encourage me in that. And the five needs to realize their two does have big needs and wants to process. And even if they can't process with feelings, they often end up helping the two to think since twos are thinking inhibited. So it's a beautiful pairing and the romance, like I said, flies high because they really do continue to keep that with all of these varying points. And I love that for them. Now with a five and a three pairing, sometimes you end up finding that the five even has an obsessive quality about the three for a while because they're so mesmerized and they're like, oh my gosh, I really have found the perfect person. There are some people that really revere the way the three achieves and fives can get lost in this. And I was just listening to Russ Hudson on Suzanne Stabile's podcast talk about how people in Asia are often mesmerized with threes. And I feel like I've seen a lot of fives do that because like we said, they just are great achievers. And that's really beautiful for a five to see and model from. But after they find the shadow side of three and learn that there's different things that are hard about their three, sometimes they go back into the fantasy world and look for somebody else to meet that ideal. So this pairing can be difficult because neither one may want to be vulnerable with feelings. Even if the three is feeling the feelings, they may not want to go there and both could check out into fantasy or other relationships. So I love this pairing. It is literally everything when you guys are in health and so beautiful. And I've seen it be completely enchanting. And I even know a three and a five whose favorite song is Enchanted and who are completely healthy. And when I say that, I mean very healthy. I don't mean that they don't have any unhealth, but it's a really beautiful pairing, which you have to be vulnerable and brave to speak up. So that's what I want to say to you guys. I know you're so brave in other ways, three, but speak up here. And I know five, you need to know your three has a lot of worth, even if they're not perfect. So give them their worth and three insist upon getting your worth because sometimes you sell yourself short and you don't insist on what you're worth, and then either one could slip away. The four and the five pairing seems that it would be very opposite, passionate, and wise is how I like to think of this pairing. It really has the potential to have complete liftoff with emotional permission and the reminder that four can bring, which is once we feel our feelings and get them out, that heaviness and sense of the rain foreboding is gone and we can now live and do and we can be freed up and use energy on the rest of life. So even though you can both be doing inhibited and withdrawing, if you guys are intentional every week to meet and to talk about how are we feeling, 
What are we thinking? What are we doing? You guys cannot be stopped because you have such great access to both sides and you can both help each other with the other side of your personalities. So I'm really happy about that. And I want to make sure that you guys definitely get that weekly time where you get out of that space of withdrawing, get into your bodies, take a really romantic date. Uh, and, and sometimes the romantic date might be something just the two of you because you both do not mind withdrawing. You may not want to own your own businesses if you guys really can't do, but most people that know their stuff say, okay, I'm not great at doing, I'm withdrawing type, so I know my routine and you can't own your own business. I just want to caution you about that. Five and five pairing is pretty rock solid. Oftentimes there's a five with a six wing with a five with a four wing. So they're accessing eight, they're accessing seven, they're accessing six, they're accessing four, and they've got a myriad and they're like, we are rock solid. We know what we're doing. We both do not have enough resources, so we're going to chill out. But when we really need to talk, one of us can usually pull the other in and say, hey, I am feeling something. I've taken a few days to think about it. But there's also a sense of permission to take some time and knowing that the other person can take care of their own needs is a very big comfort for this pairing. So that's a beautiful pairing. Five and six have a steadiness and a balance about them because the six has such a loyal part of them and really will push for the relationship to be healthy and they'll be a little more compliant than aggressive. So it isn't as big of a turnoff for a five who doesn't want to be bossed around. The six will be very considerate, very thoughtful, and they do have to pay attention when their five says, I don't want gifts or I want us to save on our budget. And one way I've talked to sixes about ways and twos use this as well, when you want to be lavish with your partner and you want to know what is the gift they want from me, make sure you offer acts of service to a five who is often very physically weary so that you can say, oh my gosh, I know your birthday's coming up. I'm going to mow the lawn for you, or I'm going to make sure I let you show me how to do it because I know you're a five, or I'm going to let you order the can opener for us because I know you want to make sure we get the right one. But if you write me the grocery list, I will go get it because I know you don't like the crowd. So you can see how I'm trying to honor the five wanting some of that control in the research, but also the six or the two lending themselves to that place of I'm going to use some energy for you. And then later, I hope you'll connect with me more. Okay, five and seven are so fun together because the seven will hit a wall and give up sometimes and the five with their partner will say, it's time to keep going. We can do this. We can push through. I believe in you. And they're not caught up in the emotions. So it's a very nice place for seven with all their big emotions to rest and to say, wow, I know that my partner loves me, believes in me, is going to give me the space to pursue my big dreams, but they can move in opposite directions if the seven doesn't learn to not aggravate the five and not to give them some space. And if they get too aggressive and too pushy, the five will keep withdrawing and then the seven will keep doing other things and they will miss each other completely. So the seven has to do their work here where they're really learning that they can be big and have an eight side, which we'll talk about eights in a minute, but they need to understand the energy levels differ. But a lot of people don't realize that sevens also, you do if you listen to this podcast, but we need our space and time to withdraw as well when we're healthy. So as your seven gets healthier, 
oh my gosh, this is a great pairing. Okay, five and eight, similar in that the eight has a lot going on and it's not gluttony the way it is of seven. It's a lustful quality of passion for eight where they really don't want a good thing to end and they do have a lot of energy. So they do say sometimes I I love my five and I care about them so deeply, but sometimes they just don't have enough for me. So I wanna remind you eight that when you're in health, you go to five and you retreat too. So learn the sweetness of retreating together. Learn to be that servant heart of what your five needs in order to have time and space with you. And remember when your five does get all this balance, guess what type they become? Eight. So now you've got two powerhouse eights tearing up the town together in the best of ways, doing big projects, five saying, let's push through the walls, eight saying, yes, I've got the energy to do it with you. And really the two of you bonding and just make sure that the two of you really do process your feelings and be brave with them because the eight doesn't always want to be vulnerable with feelings. It can feel almost death defying for them. And the five similarly doesn't want to seem without the knowledge for how to solve the problems, but with the five's knowledge and care to press in with issues and the eight's energy, you guys can do the brave work. You you need to rely on God and over 75% of the fives that I surveyed do have a faith life on Instagram. So I know sometimes we think our fives don't, but a lot of them do. So it's really important for you to lean in there and say, okay, I know this is going to be scary and I don't know it all, but I'm willing to jump in and just make sure you guys really have a habit of forgiveness with that pairing as well. Five and nine, I think are probably one of the favorite pairings. I, I think every pairing can, like I said, I was saying, oh, here's the problem with three and five. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so enchanting. But like five and nine, I've only seen go really sour a couple times. And it's just one of my absolute favorites because they are just so well suited for each other and they bring such a balance and such fun and they're very rock steady in that way of the the peacemaker keeping things steady and peaceful and the five being a solid rock and the two of them cautiously but very specifically very routined going into the world and making a difference. I've seen this couple pairing own businesses, do civil service, teachers, police officers. You know, this is not a pairing where you would think these two just stay inside all the time and withdraw completely. So don't put them into a meme. This is a beautiful pairing who knows how to be thoughtful, who often love the Enneagram and exploring the various aspects analytically, trying it out, trying to stay in the world, but also know when to withdraw. I think it's an especially fun pairing. They love to vacation well. They love to go out to eat sometimes as long as they can have their inner conversations. And they love to just have a special connection for their entire lives and often say to me in almost a guilty way, our marriage is kind of easy. So I think that's a great place to end on a marriage that is kind of easy. But I don't want us to go into our four space and get jealous here because all of these marriages have their places of greatness. And then all of them have their places of sorrow and and once I was talking with the client and we were both more aggressively wired and I was cracking up because we were like, oh, this pairing would be so good for you. And this person wasn't married yet. And we were like, but wait a second, that's like two withdrawing types. And that doesn't even apply to either of us. So you have to have a sense of humor. Like if the person's with me and I'm not a withdrawing type, it's not going to look like that. But then you start to really find the parts about yourself that you do love. And you're like, you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. And there's good things and bad things about every single type and pairing. And don't forget that God made you who you are for a reason. 
so that you can thrive in your unique way in the world. So please remember that. Please be brave fives. You guys are amazing and we love your knowledge. We love how self-sufficient you are. You're one of the types I don't find overwhelming. I don't find that fives think I have to have joy all the time. They, they really are beautiful in the way that they don't expect that much from us. But let's show our fives that we love them too, guys. Let's show them that we will fight for them and that they are worth it and that even though they don't feel like they can give enough that they do and they're doing their best and we know it so that they won't feel like they don't have enough and just let's remind them that with God they do have enough and with you as their friend or partner that they do have enough and let's all go out into our week with that hopeful attitude. I also want to remind you of our five contest. Thank you so much for getting to that 50,000 download place. That's so exciting. If you want to get five workbooks, make sure and you can pass them out if you don't want all five, but they're great tools that I have compiled and that's why I always say, yes, I can say they're great because I've compiled There's nothing new under the sun from many years of research and biblical wisdom and really tried to put them in concise packages so that people could almost be in coaching without being in coaching or do them with their coach or counselor. So get those and you can find all the information about the contest at Instagram. And if you want to be on our weekly mailings, which I do every Monday, an email for you with lots of information and trainings and tools. And sometimes I attach research to it. Sometimes I direct you here to the podcast, but make sure you stay tuned. You can sign up at enneagramandmarriage.com or at reflectionscc.com, which is my private practice. We also love when you leave a review for this podcast. So if you get a chance to do that, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would so appreciate it. I hope you guys have such a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.